So I need the power that comes from being in Christ to be able to overcome the thing that's overcoming me. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us today as we continue a message called Dying to Live, How to Be Delivered from Your Sin. And Pastor, I love the fact that we're spending some time talking about this. But you just said, so I need the power that comes from being in Christ to be able to overcome the thing that is overcoming me. As a pastor, I'm sure that you have heard from countless people who say, Pastor, I just can't seem to break this one bad habit, to conquer this one sin. I've got this one thing that I just can't get over. But it sounds like you're saying, oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. I I am saying that. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What does all mean? All means all. That's all all means. And so that's everything can be conquered. Now, here's what needs to happen. We have to change our vocabulary somewhat. So what do you mean by that? Uh, People come to my office. They say, well, I can't. I say, no, don't say you can't. Do you believe the Bible? Yes, I believe the Bible. Then you can't say you can't because of Philippians 4.13. Now, if the truth be known, uh, you won't. Now, there are such things as strongholds. So, mm-hmm. you know, I say it all the time, at infinitum, ad nauseum. First, the devil wants to get a toehold. Then he wants to get a foothold. Uh, then the foothold becomes a chokehold. And then the chokehold becomes a stronghold. Now, you know, the Bible talks about strongholds in our lives. Uh, I would encourage anyone that's going through one right now. And whenever Steve said, uh, Pastor Ford, what do you say to a person who says, I got one thing I haven't been able to overcome? I would direct your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 8. There are some hmm. principles there that help you to break strongholds. Uh, don't forget Luke 9. He gave them power over all demons. And then there was a demon-possessed boy they couldn't cast the demon out of. And they asked Jesus, and he told them in Matthew's account, the reason you couldn't do it because this kind cometh forth by nothing but fasting and prayer. I'd put those passages together. I'd begin to fast and pray. I would uh, begin to implement the principles of Second Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 8, and uh, ask God to begin uh, to deliver me from this stronghold. You got to put a hedge of protection around yourself. And so whatever those things are, let's say it's porn. That's a lot of Christian men are struggling with that. Let's say it's porn. Then you have to have an accountability partner. If you're married, your wife needs to have uh, your password to every one of your electronic devices and be able to go in there at any time, be able to check your phone, your Facebook account, what sites you've been to, that's accountability. You need strict accountability. You have to cut off everything that feeds uh, this stronghold. And so, you know, that's just some of the things that we need to do. But you get that power. I travel quite extensively. And I just came back, as a matter of fact, from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in an airplane. And you know what I did, Steve? What'd you do? I defied the law of gravity. Okay. You flew. Yes. You went up. Because I was in the plane. Yeah. That's the analogy. When we are in Christ, we draw on Christ's power 
and his power enables us to do what we normally could not do. Well, we're going to continue to look at this from Romans chapter 6 today. So join us there as we continue a message called Dying to Live. Here's Pastor Ford. Now watch what he does. Here's what he does. He says all of it has to do with our union with Jesus Christ and the fact that we die with him. Here it is, number one. He says we have to have comprehension of it. What do we have to have? Notice what he says. He says it in verse 3. He says, know you not? Look at verse 6. Knowing this. Look at verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead. I mean, he says, listen, listen, listen. All of us, if we're really honest, we're focusing on doing something. And Paul comes on the scene and says, no, 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 no. You don't do something first. Like, how many of us, come on, let's be honest, tell the truth, shame the devil, tried to stop doing what you know that you shouldn't have been doing. Let me raise my hands. He said, wrong first step. That, that's wrong. Before you do something, you have to know something. Three no's. Now, you put on your Greek glasses, and guess what? Each one of them is a different word in the Greek. Now, I'm not going to give you all the Greek, but I am going to give you. I want you to see how Paul worked this thing. He worked this thing. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do. I'm bringing out goosebumps. This stuff is deep, man. It's, it's like, wow. Listen, he said, you got to know something. The first no, the focus is on education. He said, somebody ought to have taught you this by now. The second no is on maturation. You've been walking with Jesus and coming to church long enough to know this stuff. You should have grown up, but instead of growing up, you blowing up. The third one is a no of revelation. Get this now. This thing is deep. He says, uh, first no, you ought to have learned this. Somebody should have taught you, but you don't come to Wednesday Bible study, and you don't read your Bible, half read it, so you don't know what's in it anyway. Then he says, you've been walking with him long enough, maturation, you ought to be growing up as you're growing old in Christ. But the third no really convicts us. You know what it means? It means that he's given you revelation. It's the word that means to have complete, absolute knowledge. He put it in your spirit. <laughs> you say, what's wrong with us? Let me, let me, let me illustrate uh, with a story. There's a teenager. She goes to the doctor's office. She's sitting there. It's crowded. She looks around, grins and smiles. <laughs> she goes in. She's, the doctor says, what's wrong? He said, well, I have gas. It's real bad. But the only thing is, uh, it doesn't smell, and you can't hear it. He said, really? She said, yeah, well, as a matter of fact, I, I let gas about 20 times out in your waiting room, and you couldn't hear it, you couldn't smell it. He said, okay, take these pills, come back in two weeks. So um, she took the pills, came back in two weeks. She said, doctor, I don't know what those pills were, but I still have gas, but, but, but at least now uh, I, I smell them. They stink. He said, okay, well, the pills work then. Now that we've cleared up your sinuses, take these pills for your hearing. Uh, in other words, it stunk and it was heard. But she wasn't aware of, why you tell that pastor? Just be telling, no, because here she was 
20 times in the waiting room, looking around, smiling like, ain't nobody heard that. Can't nobody smell anything. But it was because her sinuses were clogged up and her ears are clogged. Do you hear me? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That many of us as believers, we take grace to, to mean that we can live like yard dogs, that we look at everybody else's sin and we don't deal with our own sin, that the church is just full of a whole bunch of hypocrites that down in the light, what they're doing in the dark. So he says we have to have comprehension of our death with Christ. See, in chapter 5, he talked about our liberation from our sin. Christ liberated us from our sin. But in chapter 6, he's going to talk about our domination over our sin. In chapter 5, he said Christ paid sin's penalty. In chapter 6, he's going to tell us Christ broke sin's power. Chapter 5, he's going to tell us Christ gives us our position in him. Chapter 6, he says, now Christ controls our condition in him. Chapter 5, freedom from sin's penalty. Chapter 6, freedom from sin practically. Chapter 5, God declares us righteous before himself. Chapter 6, God declares us righteous before men. So he says in chapter 5, righteousness is imputed. But he says now you need to learn about imparted righteousness. That, that we need to understand our death with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to know something before we can do something. It is Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the not life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What is Paul saying? He's saying, listen, you don't live the Christian life by trying. You live the Christian life by trusting. Trusting in what? The fact that what happened to you spiritually, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ applied to your life spiritually, now you have to apply it to your life practically. You've got to get the power that comes with fellowship with Jesus Christ. So, so here's my illustration I use all the time at infinitum ad nauseum. On the seabed, there's sea snails. Moves very slow. Has a great big old shell on his back. That's his house. He lives in it. When a fish comes to eat him, he goes in. That's the only defense he has. But there are fish, that, that this one, is, I think it's called a pucker fish or something like that, it, it gets, comes up to his shell and just sucks him on out of there. Whoop. Now he's gone. But there's what's called uh, the hermit crab, the sea hermit crab. He loves to live in the snail's shell. So soon as the fish sucks the snail out, the snail is dead. Uh, and the sea uh, crab runs in there and gets in there. Now the fish are used to the shell and they think there's a snail but they don't know there's a new life in there because the old life is dead. So then what, what they will do is they'll come down and they'll try to catch that snail because they know he's slow uh, but that snail is now has the power and the ability of the crab so he takes off. Boom! That shell is moving faster than it has ever moved before. Why? Because there's new life in it. It's not the old life that's in it. And so sometimes the fish will overtake the crab. You know what he does? He doesn't go in the shell. He throws his pincers up 
and begins to toop toop. And, and often what he will do is grab the fish and eat the fish that was trying to eat him because the fish didn't know it wasn't the old life. It's the, y'all, y'all ain't going to pray with me up in here. That what Jesus Christ did for us when he died was he crucified the flesh. Then he be moved on in our house. Now we no longer are under the domination of the devil. He used to tear us up. But now because of that new life, we're faster than we ever been. We got more power than we ever had. That we understand it's the life of Christ now that's moving and motivating us. So the devil tries to get us. God reminds us, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You got a new power. You're more than conqueror through him that loved you. You got a new power. You've got a power that's able to overcome. Now, let me tell you what this means. You ain't going to like this. Say, tell us what it means. You no longer sin because you have to. You now sin because you want to. I said how you fight what you like. Yeah, because everything that you're doing against Christ, you love it. That's right. Well, that's a convicting thought, but also a true one and uh, hopefully helpful as we continue this message, Dying to Live, from Romans chapter 6. We'll get back to the teaching in just one moment, but if maybe something Pastor Ford is sharing on this uh, broadcast is making a difference in your walk with Christ, we'd love to hear about that. Give us your feedback when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Let us know how God is using this program in your life. Or you can even ask a question there. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the contact link. Let's get back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford with Dying to Live. And here's what the Bible says. Sin at first. Because look, okay, let me just talk. You know, I just tell on myself, because y'all too holy for me. Y'all too holy for me. The sin that I do is the sin that I like. That's the sin I do. I don't know about everybody else. So I need the power that comes from being in Christ to be able to overcome the thing that's overcoming me. So he says, comprehension of our death with Christ. He says some other things. I'm not going to fill it in because I just want you to see the three words. That's all out of this chapter. But he begins to talk about the prohibition regarding sin. Chapter 5, he says, hey, wherever sin abound, grace did much more abound. And then in chapter 6, he wants them to know, listen, uh, that doesn't mean, because uh, somebody was saying, oh, is that right? Where sin did abound, grace did, okay, then I better do some more sin so I can get some more grace. He said, God forbid. That's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. And then he talks about the provision regarding sin. So what does he use? The baptizing work of the Holy Spirit. And he, he says, listen, you have been placed into Christ so that whenever we became saved, you know, I have two rings on. And I tell everybody, like one person was, uh, was perceptive enough to say, is that two wedding bands? I say, yeah, this one reminds me that I'm married to Leslie Ann Ford. This one I bought to remind me I'm married to Jesus Christ. Yeah. So every time I see something I like, 
I got a reminder. You already belong to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it's a reminder. That's what he's saying. Your death, burial, and red, when you got up in there, that was just the outward symbol that you were married to Jesus. And then I didn't tell y'all this, but I told the eight o'clock twice. And it was, I told, I told them, look, yeah, they say all men are dogs. Yes, I am a dog. But I am not a regular dog. I'm a saved dog. That's right. You say, what do you mean? What's the difference between a dog and a saved dog? Uh, see, see, uh, uh, a leash. See, I have a leash. So I see something I want. And I hear the master say, down boy, down boy, down boy. And I get down. I got a leash. So when I see something I like, Sit, 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 boy. You say, what do you do when ain't nobody around? The leash has got me down in the backyard. I'll be running for the fence. <laughs> Don't we say it all the time? The Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. He's saying, listen, you better know who you are in Christ. It's your identity. Your death with Christ. Hey, let me, let me just tell you the truth. If we are doing sin, what it means is we are not dead yet. We're not dead yet. Or we're not dead enough. So he says we have to have comprehension of our death with Christ. So he talks about the prohibition, the provision, and the process. Uh, but then he says, the second thing we have to do is calculate our death with Christ. See, it's just one point. It's just, you know, our death with Jesus Christ, that we're not dead enough. So notice what he says in verse 11. He says, reckon. Now, now what does that mean? To calculate. It's a, it's a financial term that means to put it all together. So listen to verse 11. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what? Dead people don't respond to stimuli. If we had a casket here and there was a dead brother or dead sister in there, you can roll up a joint and start smoking and offer to him, he's not going to take it. He, he can't take a drink. Why? Because he's dead. And he says, we have to calculate the fact that we are dead. 41 times in the New Testament and 19 times in the book of Romans, he uses this word. And he wants us to understand that, listen, that's all it takes. You got to know this. You got to comprehend it. Then you have to allow yourself to pick up your cross daily, die daily, come to Jesus Christ in sanctification. See, you know we have three enemies. We have three enemies. They are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Each one of them has a strategy. You, you got to calculate. 
What is their strategy? You ought to know this by now. Their strategy, the world wants to pour us into its mold. The flesh wants to allure us, and the devil wants to devour us. Well, if the rappers can do it, how come I can't do it? I tell you that all the time. Just make it rhyme. I'm not going to say devour. You know, it doesn't rhyme with allure or pour. So he wants to devour us. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what, what, what happens? We have a strategy for each one. Isn't that true? Do you remember them? Let me give them to you just in case you don't. What do we do with the flesh? We flee the flesh. In other words, here's God's game plan. If you're having struggles with the flesh, you know, getting your swerve on, that kind of, get out of there. Saturate the place with your absence. Be like Joseph. Remember what Joseph did? She said, Joey, come lie with me. And uh, he said, speak to the hand my soul don't understand. Saturate the place with his absence. He got out of there. She had his coat in her hand. And my man said, I would rather lose my coat than lose my character. I'm getting out of here because I don't trust my flesh. I tell you all the time, it's too late to try to stop it after you in the room and the aromatherapy candles are wafting in the air, filling your nostrils with a sweet smell and Luther on the box banging, woo, woo. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. He says, yeah, you got these enemies. And then, and then you have the world. How do we, what do we do with the world? We faith the world. First John 5, 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He says, you got to calculate. What do you do with the devil? You fight the devil. James chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through 8. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. You do just like Jesus. What did Jesus do when the devil was trying to wear him out? He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He said it three times. He had his Bible. He hit him with the Word. He's the Son of God. He could have made him disappear, but he hit him with the Word. What a great example or model for us, right? I think that's why it's so important that we have at least some key scriptures tucked away so that when those moments of temptation come and we are you know, really tempted to sin, we can pull that uh, Bible out and apply that. Hit them with a word. That is how we fight in the Christian life. And uh, that's something we're going to be doing uh, until we get to glory. You're listening to a message from Pastor Ford called Dying to Live. It's from Romans chapter 6 really looking at verses 11 to 14. And if you want to go back and listen to today's program again or the previous broadcast in this series, I do hope you'll come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. There you can stream the program or download an MP3. You can also order a copy of the broadcast on CD. You can even listen on the go if you have the Moody Radio app. It's free and available for Apple and Android products, and it makes it convenient for you to listen to not just this Bible teaching program, but other programs produced by Moody Radio and internet streaming music stations. Now we'll link you to the app by coming to treasuretruthradio.org. Look for the Stay Connected bar. You'll see a link there. Or you can get the app by going to your favorite app store and searching for Moody Radio. And whether you listen on the app or over the radio, we're glad that you found us. And I want to let you know that you're able to listen because of the generosity of others. So those of you who have given to support the Treasure Truth Moody Radio, thank you for doing that. If you've never given a gift before, you can do so today. Come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the donate button. Thanks for doing that. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.